Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me is my co-host, Carrie R. Blaster. Our special guest today is Lydia Pope, who is the 2021 NAREB president-elect. Lydia, we are so happy to have you here. Not only is she the president-elect, but also a local Ohio girl from Cleveland. Lydia, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Well, we are incredibly excited to have you here, like Allison said, and I I get the wonderful task of asking our guests the exact same question on every single podcast, but we don't get the same answers, which is why it makes it so much fun. As you know, the podcast is called The Real View, and so what we like to ask our guests is what is the best view that you've ever had? Okay, so the best view that I've ever had is... We had a women's event down in the plantations in Louisiana. And these were the most beautiful, beautiful plantations that I have seen. It was called the Carter Plantation. When I went to the plantation on the back, it had to have been a couple of acres of nothing but beautiful, beautiful green grass. Then it was this rocking chair. This rocking chair just sat and looked over the view of the hills and the grass. That was the most peaceful and most beautiful view that I have ever seen. So I really enjoy So that's my view. It's just sitting in that rocking chair, watching the green grass and just watching how beautiful the skies were, how beautiful the grass was. It was so, so peaceful. Mm, I love, love it. Love that. I love Moments it. like I that makes it. you feel, you know, grateful to be where you are. You know, just taking that time to appreciate the world around you. I love it. That is awesome. Well, I think as we kind of chatted a bit before we hopped on here, I was looking at your biography, which is quite extensive. I thought, where am I going to start with her? Like, thank goodness she's come on to talk about her upcoming year with NAREB because this is a lot. But, you know, you've been a practitioner since 1995. You are the owner president of E&D Realty Investment Company, E&D Realty Property Management Division and E&D Construction Company. You do a lot of work with the Women's Council of Realtors. You are just busy, 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 busy. I saw you've served, obviously, with your local board there in Cleveland. You know, I, for one, would like to know how you got into real estate. You know, you have a a bachelor's degree in communications, a master's degree in business. You know, what made you decide to become a practitioner? And then if you could just share a little bit about how you've built all of this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, When I was 18 years old and I I, I went to college at Cleveland State University, my degree was in communication. So I wanted to be a newscaster. That was like the best thing ever. I actually got a scholarship working for a radio station, WABQ. It was a gospel station located in the city of Cleveland. Now, mind you, I was born and raised Catholic, so I didn't understand (laughs) the, the whole piece of that, but it was a great experience that I had. Understanding of communication, That was a part-time job. So I was looking at the newspaper, looking for a job. And I found a job working at my first business job at State Farm Insurance down on 30th and Euclid. Well, while I was doing insurance and working as a secretary, I met this man named Edward T. Hagens. 
He was a real estate attorney. He owned um, E&D Realty, owned a title company. And he would always come downstairs and be so mean and said, I thought he was mean, but I thought he was the most sweetest person. So I sent him a letter when he was sick and said, I want to I want to do what you're doing, whatever you're doing. I wrote him this beautiful card. He called me and said, OK, well, I'm going to have you intern and work for me as a secretary, work for him, worked under him as a secretary until I got my real estate license. Real estate was not one of the things I was interested in, but as I, as I began to understand it, it just pulled me into this and working under him as his secretary, not just his uh, real estate secretary, but his legal secretary, typing out the papers, doing the bankruptcies by the typewriter back in the day. So, yeah, my gosh. Yeah, so totally opposite <laughs> of my career. But really, uh, it's, just, it's just that one encounter that I met him and I wanted to do something different. And I was so young then. And that's how I transpired into real estate, not understanding it at all. But as I yeah. began my classes and as I was taking my classes and got my degree, real estate began to be a part of that. And my parents, who have now passed on, they owned a home. And one day I found a real estate card. My mom handed me a real estate card that was from um, her mom and said, honey, this is one day. This is something you need to consider buying your own home. They owned their home right in the heart of the community. And I figured that between Mr. Hagen's and his training and my mom and her passion and being a homeowner was, was one of the passions that I feel that I needed to do as I began to get older. So I took my classes through Tri-C and university, my real estate classes. So I used my college credits to get a degree and do my real estate at the same time. That kind of dibbled into, into this business of real estate. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> my Mama knew what she was talking about, didn't she? They always know. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. So I, I truly enjoyed um, doing that. And over the years of, of real estate, the business went down um, maybe about 10 years ago is the, when we, the fall of the foreclosure market hit. So as I was going into real estate, still working for Edward T. Hagens, the business was on its virtue of closing out. They offered me to purchase the business um, at its low market. So I did. I purchased the business. Um, I ran it. And today, not only that I own the E&D Realty downtown Cleveland, but I also partnered with another company, New Era. It's called New Era Real Estate Group, but it was A.J. Lewis and Associate, large, large black real estate company in the city. So you're talking about two black companies that merge into one. So I'm the owner of New Era Real Estate Group and then still the broker of E&D Realty. So that really, really, really bought a lot. And then running the two housing agencies because I found the passion for our community and assuring that our, our homeowners understand credit, understand budgeting. So I then um, partnered with our national organization, which we'll talk a little bit about our NID, which is our housing agency. And I have one in Cleveland. I'm also the branch manager in Detroit, Michigan. So I have two offices that I run. But wow. to say all that, it all became, all, all came from just the inspiration of Mr. Edward T. Hagens, who gave me a vision as a young black girl not knowing which direction to go in and say, hey, listen, why don't you look into real estate? And here I am today. <laughs> this is what it sounds like is the definition of a boss. That, that's <laughs> what you sound like. <laughs> yes, yeah. The definition yeah. of a boss is Lydia Pope. Okay. <laughs> now, I got I to say this. To this day, he's 91 years old. He stays with us. And I told him, I said, I can be the president of the United States. I will always be 
Mr. Hagen's secretary. I love it. Aww. I love so it. So to this day, I still type his papers. Aww. I do whatever he wants me to do. And he's been in law practice for 51 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm very privileged and honored. And for him to adopt me as, as his daughter and mentor me and show me something that I didn't have that opportunity to. My parents taught me about home ownership. But what I didn't know is how to actually run a business. That's something that within the community that you have to learn. And if you don't have the family backing to do that, it's good to have someone as a mentor to help walk you up those steps. Even through the failures, he was there all the way through. Shout out to him. That's yeah. amazing. What a cool guy. <laughs> Another word or term that I would use to describe you as I was looking through it is just like a servant leader. You know, you are a boss with your business, but then you're also using your time and taking your time and investing in things, you know, that are, are serving your community and serving, you know, the people that you want, want to work with. So talk with us, you know, how did you first get involved in NAREB? You know, how long have you been active? Like, tell us that story, you know, about that kind of servant leadership piece. It sounds like, you know, Mr. Hagen was a huge inspiration, you know, and teaching you not only how to run a business, but how to, give back to your community and be mindful, you know, of the needs of your community. So if you could talk to us a little bit about that journey and how you've gotten to this place where you're now going to be the national president. And I think so too, Carrie and Lydia, tell us a little bit about what the organization is. What does it do for those out there that, that may not know? Fill us in on that too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So during, during the time that, you know, I, I've, I've been doing the real estate in 1995, when actually a little bit before I got licensed, I had an opportunity to meet some Realtors members. And we'll talk a little bit about what is the Realtors and who are we. During that window, there was a gentleman by the name of Steve Davis, who was an agent at E&D Realty, where I was an agent at. And he paid my first real estate dues. He said, well, I'm going to pay your dues to be a member of this organization to maybe help you get a better understanding of your career, maybe where you want to go, maybe just build some partnerships, relationships. I said, OK. So I went to my first meeting, wasn't interested in it. As the time went on, uh, even though I was a member, I then began to look a little bit more deeper into the organization. Start, so start attending a lot of the meetings to the point where I actually did all the convention planning. I was a, not certified, but I was a meeting planner by virtue of name only and that certification and learned how to do events because I love event planning. I love serving. And so that's how I worked my way up the ladder through the local chapter and became the local president. And then at that point in time, worked my way up through national offices to where I am today. Serving is one of my biggest passions. I serve in my church. I'm still part of the stewards. I do the voiceovers for my church. Um, bishop Eric King K. Clark is my bishop. My husband's a pastor. He covers me. We have four beautiful children who have been born into real estate, who've been to every conference, who when they had two-way radios back then, we would just, they'll be on one floor, I'll be on the other. They'll be getting in trouble. <laughs> so my children were raised in the business as well. Um, they're not real estate agents, but they do understand the need of home ownership and all of them own their own home till this day. Amazing. So the Realtors has really put me in places, as Ernest Clark would state, for one of our past national president, that no others will take you. The National Association of Real Estate Brokers is a Black organization formulated back in 1947. Within 47, first of all, we were founded in Tampa, Florida. We were considered a civil rights organization, but then ventured into the business of real estate when we were not allowed access into the organization for the Realtors. 
That's how the real tips was formulated. Now our partnerships are great because you have four great partnerships. You have NARAB, you have NAR, you have ARIA, which are the Asians, and you have NARA, which is Hispanic. So diversity is just so, so important in today's economy, which I know we'll talk about in a little bit. So within the NARAB group, the organization then built on affiliates. It's what we call our organization. So within our organization, we have 10 different affiliates. This is what we do to help grow our membership. From dealing with developers to our NID housing counseling agency, which is a HUD approved agency, to our appraisers, which is NESRA, our National Society of Real Estate Appraisers. We have our contractors division. You know, we have our sales division. We have our Women's Council Division. And our Women's Council is one of the largest women organization. We make up over 85% of our national group. So our Women's Council is a huge part of that. And each one of these affiliates, and I was past president of that as well. Our Women's Council, even though we focus on financial literacy, all of these affiliates' goal is to strengthen NARAB. So when you look at our organization as a Black organization, you're looking at these other 10 affiliates that bring together the wholeheartedness and the membership drive. So you ask, why would I wanna be a member? You wanna be a member because you got 10 different ways to grow your business, 10 different ways to serve. If you love serving, be part of the Women's Council. If you love appraising, be a part of the NESRA. If you like housing counseling, working with clients, first time buyers, be part of NID. This is where you find your space and you find your skill set. So this organization was built on that. And we call ourselves the realtist. That's one of our terms that we've always used over the years, because I know they say, are you a realtor? Are you a realtist? Who are you? Well, we're realtists. Even though we have membership as a realtor, we are known as realtists. So this organization has a great, great, great foundation. We're 73 years old. We'll be celebrating 75 next year in 2022. I can't wait. I'll be president at that window. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'll be looking forward to our 75th anniversary so we can go grand because guess what? We're still here today fighting democracy and housing, serving the unserved and underserved. And just as important, if not more so now than ever. So, so cool. What an incredible milestone that that'll be so exciting to celebrate and you'll be the president through it all. That That's so exciting. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, Visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. So talk to us a little bit about being the incoming president. Um, what does that mean? What are you hoping to accomplish? We were chatting before we started recording about things you're looking forward to as far as the inauguration and hopefully being able to have a great day for that this summer. So talk to us about that. So my inauguration will be August of this year of 2021. I do look forward to that. And I'll be going in as the 30, 32nd president of this great association. So what are the things that we do that will really grow our organization? With NARAB, 
our goal is to increase the home ownership. So we have an initiative called 2 million in black homeowners in five years. Well, what is that? Our goal is to continue to increase the home ownership. This initiative started in our President Cooper's administration some years ago to work on things like your student loans, affordability, credit scoring, property evaluation, loan level pricing. These are discriminatory challenges that the Black community faces today. And so the $2 million and five is part of that initiative. And we roll out all of those items at our CBC, which is the Black Caucus, that's every year, where we call the State of Housing in Black America. That's one of our initiatives on top of the $2 million and Black Five homeowners. So the $2 million and Black Five homeowners is our initiative. And under that is our State of Housing in Black America, where we talk about the access to credit, where we talk about the affordability, where we talk about the property evaluations, where we talk about the fair housing loans, where we talk about the student loans, the loan level pricing adjustments. And actually it's on our website as well. And you can find out all the details, all the writings, all the statistics, all the information on that. But our goal is to continue that process. Those are things that have not changed. We don't want to reinvent the wheel. If this is still issues that are going on today, why create new? Let's continue down that road. Let's make some differences. Let's increase the home ownership of the African-American community. And let's make sure we do this together as a whole, rather you're NAR, rather you're NARUP, rather you're ARIA, or rather you're NARAD. We all need to do this together. Sounds like we are in great hands with you as the incoming president. And I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what you're going to accomplish this year and beyond. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. And I was flipping through the report, the State of Black Housing in America report right before we we started. What are some of the things that stood out to you in this report? I know you mentioned a few of the challenges that are faced, but what are some of the things that really stand out to you in reviewing this report? Well, some of the items that really stands out with us, and again, we'll be expounding on that more in August um, at our CBC, but one of the major things is the credit scoring. You know, we know our goal is to have the CFPB, HUD, FHFA, to encourage the banks to have better scoring regulations, to work with those that are disadvantaged. And that's our biggest drive. Homeowners, when we're doing housing counseling, we find out that the debt to income ratio and the credit scoring has been one of our biggest issues. These are taking our black folks out of home ownership and not allowing them to buy as they want to buy, as they should buy. The other part is that the down payment programs, a lot of times they may qualify for down payment, but then there's not enough programs because either, either because of the credit scoring that's affecting that and not allowing that debt to income ratio to get these down payment programs that are available for them, they don't get them because they can't get past the credit scoring. They can't get past the DTI. And then we're also talking about the property evaluations. What are the values in some of the unserved communities? Working with our appraisers to understand, you know, this is where we live. These are the communities that we're in. You know, properties may not be as valued. So how do we increase that? How do we work with our black communities on appraisal values? So those are some major pieces that you'll probably see most likely in our, our state of housing as forthcoming in 2021, and it's still within our state of housing that's in the report as we speak. And the last thing is our loan level pricing adjustments. You know, Blacks are still having to pay more because of the misdeeds of the lenders, the lender practices. We want our banks and our lenders to really work within our Black communities. We want our Blacks to be able to go into the city, 
buy a home, go to the bank, sit in there and feel comfortable and don't feel as threatened to buy a home. They're afraid of that because they're afraid of the denial because of the student loans, because of the DTIs, because of the credit scoring. So those are your main factors that pours into that. You know, I tell people, just walk the streets of a black community. I've been born and raised right in the city. And so I understand, you know, what it feels like to not have a bank at the corner of your street to walk to to get some help. So we really want to bring that out with our lender partners and create some solidarity as one whole. You know, growing up in community also is sharing the experiences of what we felt, what we've been through. You know, how when my parents brought their home, they had to do land contract before they can actually purchase, you know, because they didn't have the credit. They didn't have the understanding of education. So these are major pieces that we wanted to go to be able to increase our black wealth within our communities. That's so interesting. I've never thought of that, the fear of that. You know, why even try if you know, you know, that you're going to get rejected? I think so many of us live with that fear and especially the fear of rejection. So that's a really cool point that I'm glad you glad you said that. And I'm glad you brought it up. So I think, you know, everything that America went through in, in 2020, especially with the death of George Floyd and the police brutality that we witnessed, what was that like for you? And I think, you know, especially with all the work that you're doing right now, this is so much of a part of your life. Um, and you stand for this, you know, before all of this happened and this reckoning started in 2020, what does that mean to you? Um, what are some of the challenges that you see in real estate with diversity? And our um, 2021 president, Seth Task, has made diversity one of his main focuses for this year. So what are some of the challenges of diversity in real estate? How do you think we can rise to meet those challenges? First of all, I know I talked earlier about some of the diversity challenges, some, some of the challenges that are in diversity. You know, there's other challenges like discrimination in housing. You know, I've had an experience where I felt that I've seen it. I've been there showing a house when they wouldn't let us in because we were black. And I'm a real estate broker. I've showed properties. I've experienced that feeling going to an inspection to find out that they're audio taping us because they don't trust us in their houses. I've experienced that. So these are just experiences. These are just not experiences, but these are these are actualities that we need to make changes about discrimination and fair housing, you know, allowing us to be able to buy properties where we want, how we want, in any way we need to do that. Because that's so important for us to come together. You know, training and educating our real estate community is one of our biggest pushes. I know with the George Floyd, we hear a lot about the discrimination. The only thing is that it never changed, just finally got exposed. You know, this is a time now that we come together and take advantage of the window where now the exposure is out. Let's now talk about it. Let's see how you feel about it. When we talk about educating our real estate agents, you know, working with the realtors on their code of ethics, you know, working on the CE classes, not just sitting in the class talking about it, but maybe hearing the stories of, of what those, even like myself, have been through and discrimination. When I bought my first house or wanted to buy my first house, I had a very difficult time. I was steered. I didn't know what steering meant. I was too young. When they took us over to a property, my husband and I, and they just took us to one or two. They didn't know where we want to live. They didn't ask. They just threw me in an area. How did they know I wanted to stay there? So I'm saying that because, you know, it makes a difference within our community and who we are. So the education is so major within our real estate agents, our real estate community, also sharing the experiences is one of the things that would help. Sometimes if I talk to you one-on-one, -on -one, you'll understand better than putting it in black and white on a piece of book and said, this is your fair housing challenges. This is how we should handle it. 
You have to actually see the face-to-face, -face, work with them, deal with them, and talk it out. When you start having these conversations, people begin to now understand your story. So to me, that's one of the biggest things I would always recommend is tell the story, share your experience, educate, let's be interactive, and let's work together to make sure that we understand what it feels like to be in the communities that we have to grow up in. That is a phenomenal response. You literally gave me goosebumps and I'm sitting here taking notes on a podcast. <laughs> We're just supposed to be chatting. <laughs> Sorry, you know, the, yeah. uh, no, I mean, those stories, they need to be heard and they need to be told. And you are exactly, exactly right. What a year, right? What a year. And I do want to talk about one last thing before we wrap it up here today. We had Diane Dispro, who's been in it on NAR's um, Professional Standards Committee on a couple podcast episodes ago, and she was on talking about the new code of ethics changes that in a historic vote made hate speech a big no for the code of ethics. Talk to us about, you know, what that means for the realtor community, what that means for the realtists. What do you think the impact of that is going to be on the realtor world? Well, I think that it's time that, and I'm happy that NAR is working to promote fair housing, promote discrimination, um, non-discrimination, let me say that, promote that, you know, it's not right to be a part of any other groups other than together as one. I think it means a lot because as these organizations, it's just not NARAB, it's ARIA and it's NARAB too as well. We're all diverse organization, national groups that believe that fair housing is still existing. And NAR being the larger of the organization, our expectations is that they will work with our groups, do more programs, focus, let's work together, let's sit on most of those diversity committees, let's have open discussions on how we can better serve the communities. Again, you know, I, I know that even though as president-elect, I've not sat on that committee, but I'm sure moving forward, I will look forward to working with that committee in order to bring some ideas, not from their perspective, but from my perspective, for who I am. You know, I'm a black woman that was born in the city and I, I know what it feels like to be discriminated against. So why not have the conversation with them? Why not talk about some actions and maybe even some reactions? But the goal is to work together. We're not here for discriminative practices. We're here to be diverse. We're here to work together and we're not going to always agree. But one thing we should always agree on is to make sure that, number one, that we're practicing fair housing, the code of ethics are followed and not just followed, but understood. I told you it's one thing to have it in black and white and to say these are the codes. It's another thing to understand why it is the way it is. It's just not written there to be written there. We have to talk it out and talk it through and having those experience with someone other than them will give a better understanding of why we feel the way we feel and how we can still work together as one. So true. And, you know, I look forward to our association at Ohio Realtors working more closely with you guys on some of these topics. And, and I mean, this isn't hard stuff. We're not going to change the world overnight, but little conversations, spending time with each other, trying to, you know, hear our perspectives and understand maybe just a little bit where each other are coming from, I think is going to go a long way in, in making this world a better place and making equality a more common theme. So Lydia, this was so great. Thank you so much for being on with us today. Congratulations on your 2021 president elect. We can't wait to see the amazing things you're going to do. I hope you have a wonderful 
inauguration this summer with hopefully less COVID than what is existing right now. So thank you so much for joining us today. I'm looking forward to hearing all of the amazing things you're going to do, which I'm sure is going to be a lot because you are incredible. My pleasure. It was so wonderful to talk with you all. I really enjoy it. Um, I look forward to working with, with everyone for 2021. So thank you, thank you, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time. This has been a Humble Pod production. Stay humble.